Welcome to the Life Atelier podcast and I'm Emma, I'm your host. So today I want to talk about I want to talk about being clear about what you want and asking for it. And I wrote about this just a little in the newsletter on Sunday and the title was Hands Up If You're Being a Martyr. Now, that might sound a little bit provocative. I'm not accusing you of being a martyr, but I am accusing myself of being a martyr. (laughs) This is something that I realized that I was doing. It's this kind of long-suffering, you know, when somebody in your household doesn't do something you've asked them to do once, like, let's say, oh, I'll tell you what, um, sorting the recycling. Whoever you live with, whether you live on your own, you live with people, with family, with your partner, I'm pretty sure you've had that experience where you have a different list of priorities about what's important to the person you're sharing your space with. And I'm sharing my space with a 25 kilogram dog right now. And her priority is very much, there is a noise outside. And why aren't you checking what the noise is? And my God, it could be coming to kill us. Why aren't we checking what the noise is? Whereas for mine, my priority is sleep at the moment. I am focusing on sleep. But aside from what our feline and canine friends want in our lives, it has been for me in the past recycling. And my partner um, just mixed all the recycling. And even thinking about it now, I start to get annoyed about it. So There can be something like that where you have either said, please, can you do this? And then the person hasn't done it. Or you haven't said anything at all. And every time they do the thing that pushes your button, you don't necessarily say anything, but you do a, or you you just kind of grit your teeth or you, you know, there's a little voice in your head. I always like to listen for the silent or not silent but very tiny little voice that you hear in your head after you do or just before you do something because it's always there and it might be fine I'll do it or don't bother or of course I'll do it I do everything you know whatever it is there will be a little voice so the reason this came up in my head is because I (laughs) Living in Normandy, the last few months, you might know if you've been listening to these podcasts or if you follow me on Instagram, uh, my friendship group has increased by age dramatically because there are a large number of retired British people in Normandy. So what I've been able to see is what the women who are 30, 35 years older than me, what the result is of them doing everything themselves for the last 60 years, well, let's not say 60, last 50 years, probably when they were children, they were, you know, oblivious to things. But it doesn't fix itself. That's what I want to say. If you are doing things yourself, you're taking on responsibility, you're just doing, for those of us who are self-employed, and for if you're in the life atelier, I talk about this a lot, where we push ourselves. So we set a boundary and we say, okay, I'm going to close my laptop at 6 p.m. and I'm not gonna open it after that. 
and then it gets to 6 p.m., you haven't done everything on your list, and you say to yourself, I'll just, I'll just do tonight. I'll just work late tonight, and then, and then I'll be in a great place tomorrow, and I won't have to work late again. And what happens? Two years go by, <laughs> you're still working till 10 o'clock at night, and then your sleep is affected because you've been looking at blue light late in the evening, and your brain hasn't had time to process everything, your sleep is crappy, you wake up feeling bad, and this cycle continues. So what I can see with these women who I love, and they're amazing, and they're running sanctuaries and foundations, and they're changing laws, and they're busy, 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 but they're doing everything themselves. And while they're happy, there is also a little resentment, okay? And it's fair enough because they're tired. But when we have conversations about, are you asking people for help? Are you telling people, you know, that you're doing all of these things? Very often the next response is, oh no, I don't want to bother them. Or, you know, I don't want people to think I'm difficult. This comes up a lot. I don't want people to think I'm difficult. So what happens if people think you're difficult? That's what I want you to think about. Now, you might not have this problem. You might be quite comfortable with being considered difficult, but the result of that might be that you still feel slightly stressed and resentful because people aren't helping, but you've pushed them away. And that brings me to the second idea, which is that we're training people to not help us. When we tell them, and again, I don't want you to think I'm saying this about you because I have, I notice it myself. I was doing some work with uh, Renee Washington, who was the coach that trained me. I asked her which book she recommended and she said a woman called Tosha Silva. And Tosha Silva is very, very spiritual. Um, that's not normally my cup of tea. But one of the exercises in her books is to say, it's easy for me to receive. And you have to say that every day. And so I thought, all right, <laughs> I'll do it. Don't, don't know why I'm doing this, but I'll do it. I'll follow the instructions. And when I started to do that, I realized that when people said, would you like me to help with that? It was very difficult for me to say, yes, could you, <laughs> could you lift that thing that... <laughs> that I look like an ant trying to lift an apple core. Yes, would you be able to do it? Wow, amazing. And, and then what happens? Well, then it gets a little bit easier to ask for help, but it starts with accepting help. Cheryl Sandberg, who I'm not a massive fan of, to be honest, I'm very much of the lean out rather than the leaning in um, side of things, but she does talk about something very interesting, which is, I believe it's called gatekeeping. And it's something that many women do, which is when the baby arrives, they kind of will stop. If you're in a heterosexual partnership, if there's a man around, but you know, you might be doing this even with brothers or with, you know, men in your life, we can be very um, critical and say, oh, you're holding the baby wrong. Don't do it like that. Oh, you're doing the nappy wrong. Oh, don't do it like that. And what happens she says, is that we're kind of pushing them away and we're taking ownership of this space. And then we get tired, we feel resentful. Why the bloody hell aren't they helping me? 
but actually we're doing a lot of pushing away in the beginning. Now, you might agree with that, you might not, but it is just one example of how we can be training people not to help us. Now, if you have asked people to help and they're not helping, that's another thing, okay? That's very, very different. But what I'm talking about today is when we don't ask for help. So I want you to do a little exercise. This is a coaching tool. Catherine Gray talks about this. Catherine Gray wrote a book called The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober. And I love that book. I read a lot of literature around addiction, around alcohol. I just find it fascinating. And it also helped me manage my own relationship with alcohol. And in this book, she has this exercise called future tripping, where when you're thinking about doing something, so for her, that was, you know, considering having a drink of alcohol. But for you, it might be, are you going to not ask for help? Are you going to say no when people offer help? Are you going to volunteer? You know, there's loads of us, we volunteer to do lots of things. Oh, I'll organise the party. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. But really, we don't want to. We want to spend time on our own. We're doing it to people, please. So future tripping means you just take a beat, train yourself to just take a moment and journey forward. Just visit the future. What happens? What happens if I do this? What happens if I don't do this? So for me, I want you to think about that even on a bigger scale because something I mentioned in the newsletter, I've lived in a few different countries now. I've been in Australia, I've been in uh, Spain for a long time, I'm in France now, originally from the UK. And I have seen very different demands on governments, demands on workplaces and expectations from different cultures. So what happens if, as a society, we don't demand things from our politicians and we don't expect and ask for certain types of behaviour? Well, I'm recording this on January the 21st and we have got an absolute... I don't know if I can swear because of the... Um, podcast rating, um, an unpleasant situation with Boris Johnson, okay? And some might say, why have we ended up with this? We don't deserve this man. You know, we're a lovely, we're a lovely country. But I would argue that we get the politicians that we vote for. And it is a very British thing to not kick up a fuss and not complain, you know, no, don't protest, don't go into the streets, don't, you know, don't just uh, keep calm and carry on. You know, all these cliches that we proudly put on our mugs. And, you know, whereas in Spain, people, and in France, people get in the streets. When they are not happy about something, they protest. And like it or not, it can be extraordinarily inconvenient, I have to say, when you want to get a train and you get a text message to say that the unions are striking and that's it. No alternative, no bus, no nothing. You just can't take your train. That is very inconvenient. Yes, it is. But my sister has had um, health problems and her company have looked after her. They have protected her. And I've seen a lot of things here where people really are protected. So that is on a wider, I just got a bit sidetracked there with my politics. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> but that's a very dramatic, that's a very extreme example. If we come back to our own lives, do that future tripping exercise and just think about, okay, if I continue to refuse help, 
or if I'm not clear about what I want out of a certain situation, where will I be in a few months? Where will I be in a few years? Or even later today? So at the end of the day, will I have mental space to wind down, to rest, to sleep? Or will I be tightening up this clock, this thread that's wrapped around my brain even more so that tomorrow it just keeps winding up and it keeps winding up. So that's something to think about. Now, as always, I give you a little homework. So that's kind of, your first homework is to practice. Um, I was a teacher for a very long time, so I shouldn't call it homework. It's more an exercise for you. But the first one is to practice future tripping. The second one is to ask yourself, are you being clear about what you want? Do you yourself know what you want or are you ignoring it? If you don't know what you want, how can you give yourself the space to find that out? And if you do know what you want, are you communicating that to the right person? I don't mean go in the streets and carry a placard to tell the Prime Minister that you're not happy about what he's doing and his parties. Although, if that is really the most important thing for you right now, go for it. But it's even just in a little way. Are you telling your partner that you need more help? Are you telling your partner, or not telling your partner rather, that you're not happy with something? What about in your workplace? Is there something that just doesn't feel good, but you're not communicating it? Or are you holding it to yourself and allowing resentment to build up? So do email me and let me know your thoughts. I really love getting emails back. And if you want more help, if you want more structure with working through these things yourself, as always, the Life Atelier is open. And if you want to have a chat about it, you can message me in our community or you can email me.